The following takes place between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. No shock. And now, from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Cybert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff and things. Also, sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, the guy who's high-key lit fam, Mike Seibert. Welcome back, everybody, to the After Hours live stream of the Mike Seibert Radio podcast, powered by Poddex. I am your host. So glad to be here with you tonight on Monday night. Uh, got a ton of great stuff to talk about uh, tonight and uh, some cool stuff to show off to you, too. But before we get there, um, I want to remind you that this is a live listener participation based live stream. So if you've got questions or comments as we go, uh, please don't be shy about chiming in um, and I will try to address your comments and concerns as best as possible without completely derailing the show. Not that I'm specifically opposed to that, but um, uh, but you get the idea. Um, all right. Well, like, like I said, we got a whole lot of stuff to do tonight, so let's just kick things off with some shout outs. Shout it, shout it, shout it out So first and foremost, before I get to anything else, I want to wish a very happy birthday to my good buddy, Michael Geisler. Uh, he is the mastermind behind Bytor Music. You've uh, you've heard his music at the beginning and ending of uh, my podcast, and he's uh, he's a really good dude and and uh, has been a really good friend to me over the um, over the years, going all the way back to the KGRG days. So um, I just wanted to wish him a a very happy birthday and uh, Michael just got himself engaged as well uh, recently so uh, huge congratulations to Michael and Eve as well Um, oh and uh, check out bytormusic.com to see all of Michael's music he's got um, a lot of the old These Young Fools stuff archived I think some of the Flicker and Fade stuff is there as well but he's got hours of instrumental music that is there for folks to enjoy um and if you're a fan of um i i guess i i would call it um heavy prog rock you know like a, a rush or dream theater or that kind of um uh, type of music style where it's um there's a lot of uh, uh depth and texture to it uh definitely check out michael's stuff and again his website is bytormusic.com the spelling on that is b-y-t-o-r music.com um uh let's see so moving on I want to talk about an exciting project I was involved in over the weekend. I had the opportunity to once again join the Yang from the Unfunny Nerd Tangent podcast, uh, that one run by Greg T of Transformers Reanimated fame. Um, I was a guest with uh, Greg and Tim, and we chatted about a little movie that we 
never thought was actually ever going to come out. The final uh, film in the Fox X-Men franchise, it's The New Mutants. And one of the, the reasons why we chose to do it as a podcast is to really kind of um, unpack more than anything, whether this movie is as bad as people say that it is. I'm not necessarily going to spoil it here, but we uh, we had a really good discussion, and um, the way I phrased it at the time was that we... Um, we squeezed more juice out of that lemon than any of us really anticipated. It was a really fun uh, conversation. Um, so check out uh, that episode of Unfunny Nerd Tangent. It is available right now as we speak. I've already tweeted about it uh, earlier in the day. Um, what, one of the advantages of having a podcaster friend in Australia is that with the time zone changes, uh, by the time I went to bed last night after we recorded, because it's uh, the following morning uh, there where Greg is, um, the episode was already up. So uh, I, I thought that was uh, I, I thought that was pretty cool to be able to share because, um, you know, you're able to join me on the live stream right now, uh, but you're not going to be able to listen to this until Wednesday when it uh, when it comes out on the podcast. So um, anyway, it's uh, it, it's always cool kicking it with those dudes and um it's it was it was neat to kind of unpack a movie like i said that i thought was never actually to go, going to come out it's a it's a cursed movie it was a cursed project i um i remembered i talked about the new mutants movie way back in episode 114 of mike cybert radio um back in october of 2017 so over three years ago was the first time i talked about uh the movie and you know between um reshoots and the uh acquisition of fox by disney and then of course the rona um they had uh, five release date shifts. So uh, the fact that, that the movie even ever really came out in uh, any fashion is uh, is nothing short of a uh, minor miracle. Um, so yeah, so like, like I said, anyway, check out uh, the episode of uh, Unfunny Nerd Tangent where we talk about the new mutants. Um, I got a little bit of feedback from last week's podcast where we talked uh, well, we talked about a number of things. Um I I told you about the uh latest recording sessions of Transformers Reanimated uh for uh, a swarm of bumblebees and Food Court Fury uh both extensively featuring myself as uh, as Bumblebee in those uh voice recording sessions. Um but we also talked about uh, the new trailer for the Netflix series, The Transformers War for Cybertron Earthrise. Uh, that trailer had just dropped, like, I don't know, maybe like a, a couple hours before uh, we 
started recording. And incidentally, a huge thanks and a shout out to Apollo for uh, jumping on uh, jumping on the the live stream with me last week to give an Iacon update. Um, I'm going to talk about Iacon online um, a little more in just a couple minutes here, but um, one of the philosophies that I have. And, and I've discovered this more times uh, than I'm occasionally comfortable with. But what I have found is that whenever you think nobody is listening or watching, uh, but when, when, just when you think that nobody is paying attention, somebody is always watching or listening or paying attention. I really butchered that. What it's it's a it's like a, a fortune cookie phrase that I came up with um, probably during the KGRG era, and I would tell the students and the the new baby DJs that I would help train. It's like just when you think nobody is listening, somebody is always listening. And in this case, uh, my my little podcast uh, uh, draw a, drew a little bit of attention. Um, I posted the podcast and said, Hey, we talked about the Earthrise trailer. And then, um, FJ DeSanto, who, uh, folks might know as the, uh, one of the uh, primary writers and showrunners of, uh, the Transformers War for Cybertron Netflix series, just typed in a, 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 a very nice sentence, right? I enjoyed this. And, um, really to me, what it says is, yeah, I I listened to you talk about your your half baked and partially cooked uh, uh, fan theories um, about this show, and you know we we actually kind of dialogued um, a little bit on Facebook. Now, FJ DeSanto does have a uh, a bit of a reputation for. Um, just messing with people and and just you know it's all in good fun he uh um from what i've observed seems to enjoy interacting with fans and having some of those um some of those cool dialogues so um you know i thanked him for checking out the podcast um but then he uh writes and this interactions like this mean to mean the world to me because it is it is one thing and a huge thing for somebody to say Hey, I listened to your podcast and I really liked it, which again, I mean, I mean that that just that means the world to me. But it's another thing for somebody to um comment on something specific that was said. In this case, uh FJ DeSanto uh, uh asks um I I uh, though I would like to know where you guys saw Hotlink. Now Hotlink is is one of the seekers um along with Starscream and Thundercracker and he's got a um Netflix figure, a, a Netflix branded um action figure of his toy. It's a Walmart exclusive. And so he's like, "Well, well where did you see Hotlink?" Now Apollo who is a huge fan of the Seekers. Um, she had taken a, a screen grab and posted it on her Twitter like last week, like when um, after watching the trailer. And uh, it's like, well, yeah, he's right there. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, she uh, she found the screenshot, reposted it. And uh, his only response to that was, hmm, with with like four M's. It was pretty funny. Um, 
And and the reason why I bring all of this up, one, to give a shout out to FJ DeSanto for checking out my my little podcast. Uh, much appreciated. But he uh, um, he brings up something that uh, um, that adds a little bit of clarification to something that I had said uh, last week, because like I had. I had thought I understood perhaps from a misquoted attribution or Mandela effect, or I just straight up misremembered or made something up to fill in the blanks. I'm not entirely sure, but I was under the impression that every toy from the war for Cybertron uh, series was going to be included in the Netflix cartoons, whether it be siege Earthrise, or kingdom. Um, So, uh, FJ DeSanto uh, also mentions, um, oh, guys, uh, just another thing. Not every toy from the line is in the series. It's just that every character in the series, with the exception of a few, are all based on the toys, if that makes sense. And for me, that that totally makes sense. But um, and I thanked him for the clarification. But I did tell him that I'm like, well, I'm still holding out hope that Springer still shows up because that, that was, uh, you know, one of the standout figures, uh, in the generations line for the, uh, war for Cybertron siege, uh, toy line. And he, uh, he tells me, he's like, buddy, lower your expectations, uh, regarding Springer, which, uh, I, I had to sad react, uh, to that. And, um, you know, th- there was a little more discourse in, in the thread. Um, um, uh, Joe Troutman pipes in and says, I'm, I'm kind of sad that we lost Impactor. And FJ replies, um, I know, but it's one of my favorite scenes, really emotional. Um, and yeah, he's, he's absolutely right. You know, the, um, the uh impactor scene and actually really how his characterization was done it was uh different than the way we've seen impactor portrayed before uh he's a he's a character that started in the marvel uk comics for the transformers and was you know very much kind of like this tough guy almost anti-hero you know uh, as uh, as part of the wreckers and so the choice to make him a Decepticon, uh, one of the bad guys in the in the Netflix cartoon was uh, was an interesting choice. And then, um, well, I, I I was first. I, I I do this all the time, and I, I owe you an apology. Um, I I do the thing where I'm going to say something, and then I stop myself and I say, "Well, you know, spoilers." Then I'm doing the mental gymnastics to say, "Well, wait a second. Um, you know, the the first series of War for Cybertron Siege. You know that that's that's been up for months." plenty of spoilers out there um it's a it's not a huge spoiler for me to say um oh yeah impactor turns into an autobot and then uh and then dies um spoilers sorry about that but it it always cracks me up how i litigate that um especially when i'm in a live situation i'll be like oh hey well let me uh mm." Yeah, no, maybe maybe I shouldn't say that after all. Um, anyway, it just it, it just kind of um, just kind of cracks me up there. Um, so I also speaking of uh, Transformers, and I mentioned this earlier. Um, I did want to give a little bit of an update 
on Icon Online. Now, I I've been uh, talking about this uh, this new online streaming of. Uh, Transformers fan convention uh, for the last several weeks. I'm one of the organizers. I'm the uh, um, I, I guess it, it, at a, at a time where we have specific roles. My role is in promotions. I'm you know I'm the I'm the promoter, and through that I'm you know kind of like like a media liaison. I I guess I I'm really trying to make myself sound way more important than I actually am. But I've been uh, talking about it on the podcast. I have hosted uh, several of my uh, friends on the planning committee for Icon Online, and I I wanted to talk about something that that we've got uh, really cool coming up next weekend. So mark your calendars for next weekend, Saturday. The um, uh, December 19th and then Sunday, excuse me, a little bit of a bubble guts there for a sec. I, I shouldn't have crushed my my entire sesame salad, my Asian sesame salad, like right before I went live. I, um, I, uh, I, I put out a vague tweet earlier where um, I... I got done with work a little earlier and got some of my equipment set up a little earlier than I was anticipating. I was like, oh, well, you know, at this pace, I might actually go live earlier than eight o'clock. Well, as you know, when you tuned in at eight o'clock, that didn't happen. But I was able to start right at eight, though. So so I got that going for me, which is which is nice, you know, uh, hashtag goals. But. So I, I get to a point where I'm like, well, this is it. Maybe I'm at a spot where I can just go live right now. And right about then, I got a little bit of tummy gurgle, just like, and I'm like, oh, oh, that's right. I haven't eaten anything for like a while. So um, I had a I had a salad in the fridge. I you know made that all up, crushed it real quick, like while I was doing um. Uh, some internet stuff and then by the time I got done with that it, it was eight o'clock and it was uh it was time to start the show so I don't know why I bring any of that up maybe uh, uh just uh to say uh, creative folks get very hyper focused on things and self-care is like the first thing that goes out the window um so don't forget to eat don't forget to drink and just uh, just take care of yourself. Um, end of PSA. I, I guess that's my advice for the week. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, back to Icon Online. Um, I, I wanted to let you know about two exciting live streams uh, that we've got coming up this weekend uh, that will be hosted by me. At, so it will be part of the Mike Seibert Radio podcast uh, live stream. Uh, but there will be afternoon live stream, so you don't have to wait until uh, the sun goes down and gets dark. Um, so uh, on Saturday the 19th, uh, we are going to do a little bit of uh, promotion for the cosplay contest and maybe do a little bit of uh revealing uh but we uh, but speaking of reveals we are also going to reveal a new team member of the icon team and uh, i am going to share my screen real quick and i am going to 
Um, you know that that um, you know it's funny. I was gonna say that old meme. I don't I don't know which memes are old and which ones aren't. But um, but I I'm in my own okay boomer Gen Xer kind of way of meme culture. I'm at least familiar with the who's that Pokemon meme. So we've got a little bit of that going on here. You've seen uh, on the Icon online social media channels uh, for like the last week or so, there is a new team member uh, that uh, that is preparing for deployment. And then on this Saturday, the 19th of December, uh, we are going to uh, reveal this new team member, and, um, and and we're we're incredibly excited. It's uh, um, it, it's just one of those things that that came up organically as we were discussing. It's like, well, what if we had a mascot? And uh, some some really talented folks on the art team just just took the idea, grabbed it, and ran with it. And um, I have seen the unsilhouetted version, and I'm I'm really excited uh, for you to meet them and to uh, uh, get acquainted with the Icon online uh, mascot. So, and and we're going to talk cosplay as well. Um, so again, that is going to be on uh saturday december 19th that is that online stream is going to be starting at 3 p.m uh pacific time so wherever you're listening to make sure that you do the um the time conversion appropriately i'm here in seattle so i'm on the west coast uh pacific time so that's going to start at 3 p.m pacific time and uh that i'm going to do that uh basically like right as soon as the bad religion show ends um that starts at two pacific and last week's show ended like right around three so it should be right about the same time i'll 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 talk about that in a little bit but i don't want to get too far ahead of myself um now i also mentioned that there are going to be two live streams uh this weekend one on saturday but we're also going to do a sunday matinee show a uh, a sunday uh mike cybert radio live stream that is going to start at 2 p.m so an hour earlier than the saturday show um and on the sunday live stream uh, for Icon Online, uh, we are going to be joined by members of the Icon organization team. Um, th- there's a couple folks that may or may not be able to join us, so I don't want to necessarily drop names just in case that name I happen to drop doesn't make it, and and uh, uh, that way it's that way everything's still all good. Um, but that uh, that live stream starts at 2 p.m. on Sunday, December 20th. And this is the one where we're going to start doing some guest reveals. We have um, some guests that are lined up and excited to participate. Uh, we might be able to uh, reveal some programming. Uh, there are um, a handful of panels that we're really excited about and have not been able to discuss because of NDAs and, and things like that, uh, non-disclosure agreements. And, um, but behind the scenes, 
it's it, it's it's been some really cool exciting stuff so we're really uh real really excited to finally be able to reveal something to you other than well there's some really cool fun stuff uh coming up um and there is cool fun stuff uh coming up but i do want to remind you as uh as you may have seen um uh on the icon online social channels that um saturday december 19th the day of the first live stream where we are going to reveal the brand new member of the icon online um team uh that is your last day to apply for Artist Alley, the cosplay contest, and uh, panel submissions. So um, I have had uh, personal discussions with uh, with some friends of mine, uh, um, sometimes more gently than others, encouraging them to apply for either Artist Alley or do uh, panel submissions. I have um, I ha- I have at least a few friends that um that that again i'm leaning really hard on to try to get them to do um um some panel programming you know some folks that have um a lot of history in the fandom uh some folks that have uh really cool unique takes on things and it's it's just cool to get um uh different uh different voices uh involved and so I uh I I want to remind you that Icon Online is a not-for-profit fan organized online Transformers event. Um we are accepting uh panelists, cosplayers and artist alley submissions. You can go to uh the website icononline.wordpress.com uh for all the information including a um at this point really robust uh, FAQ section for all those frequently asked questions, um, as well as connections to uh, the um, uh, the social channels. So uh, Icon Online is on uh, Twitter and Tumblr and Facebook and uh, Instagram. Uh, the handles for all of those are at Icon Online. Uh, the spelling on that is I A C O N O N L I N E. I got it right this time. Maybe because I had it in front of me and I had the opportunity to read it, but um, but uh, but check out the website. There's uh, there's the frequently asked questions section. There's uh, the application section for um, Artist Alley panel submissions and cosplay. And then uh, visit the website um, occasionally for updates uh, after uh, the panel. Uh, I'm sorry, the application. Uh, period ends will review uh, the panel submissions and start solidifying the schedule um, and yeah I, I would imagine that um, just after Christmas just after New Year's uh, before uh, January um, or I'm sorry that in January uh, things are really going to start cooking and things are going to get really exciting really fast and um, one last reminder that I Icon Online is on January 30th and 31st. I think of all the things that I mentioned, I think I kind of forgot to mention that. So um, 
And, you know, keep an eye on uh, their social channels. Don't forget that you can uh, set up um, notifications. So whenever you get... um, I lost my train of thought. Um, Just, uh, you know, so I I follow Icon Online on Twitter, for example. Um, You can turn on notifications for uh, the social accounts and subscribe uh, to their website so you never miss an update. That that was the part I was trying to um, get out there, but I kind (laughs) of... kind of forgot um all right so i i'm just gonna do some uh tweeting here for a sec come join us all right um let's see who is next oh um so apollo chimes in on the chat uh you don't want to miss out on on participating in the event if you are a transformers fan and i would like to think that if you are listening to um to the uh the podcast and watching us here on the live stream you're uh, you're at least somewhat of a transformers fan you've heard what mike thinks now tell him what you think on facebook twitter and instagram at mike cyber radio all right well it is time I worked uh, for Show and Tell. Oh, Show and Tell. Just a game I played when I want to say. I, uh, um, I, I was working with some of the Icon Online folks over the weekend, uh, kind of going through this, um, you know, kind of online streaming platforms and some of the things that we can do. And one of the things that I enjoy the most about teaching and coaching is that I get the opportunity to learn stuff because, you know, as, as we're asking questions and going through stuff, I was like, oh, well, let's try that. Oh, hey, that that kind of works. So, so yeah, so I, I'm I, I'm doing some goofy new stuff with uh, with Restream and kind of um, uh, using it in different ways that I hadn't thought to earlier. Um, so but anyway, it is time for show and tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in uh this segment of the show, I um I do exactly what the Chiron says. I um I I show you things and I tell you about them. I have uh I have a couple things I want to show off uh this week. Um first is um so I, I got some mail. I got a a um flat mailer envelope i'm i'm trying to um uh flex it in such a way that you don't see my address oh there it is so if you if you screen cap it really quick you can figure out my address so uh we're gonna go ahead and open this up i as you can see i have already taken the tape off and i've opened this to see what it is but uh part of the reason why i do show and tell is so that i can kind of show off uh packaging uh which is something that i like but um anyway so we're we're gonna open this guy up here and as you can see it's a a multi-level uh mailer cardboard thing there you'll see that inside there is a graphic novel and my dumb chiron is now blocking it and i'm holding it upside down but we have the graphic novel that I have talked about um, for a handful of months. It was a Kickstarter. This is Maybe Someday, uh, Stories of Promise, Visions of Hope. Uh, We talked about this 
um, uh, back during the summer uh, when uh, I had uh, Tyler Chin Tanner on to talk about this book. Uh, this is the new anthology from A Wave Blue World, and it this happens to be the uh, Kickstarter ber- version of the cover, but the retail version, if I'm remembering correctly, is on stands as we speak, so you should be able to go to your uh, local comic shop and pick up a copy of maybe someday it is a thick book it is a handsome book full of all kinds of uh hopeful stories so this this is a um sequel of sorts to the um anthology they did last year uh, called um, All We Ever Wanted, Stories of a Better World. And basically what it was, was kind of a answer to, for lack of a better term, the times that we're in. And like, so it was coming out of the uh, some of the angst uh, from 2017, uh, 2016 into 2017, and, you know, with, uh, with the administration and kind of the... Um, just the 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 general feeling of uh dread and angst um and it it was a really good book it was um uh science fiction stories that are more utopia in nature so i like i i remember when i talked to uh matt minor one of the editors and writers on the book um more or less the 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 way that we kind of put it in a nutshell was um more more utopia less dystopia more star trek less mad max that that kind of thing um because you know it, it came from a place of being burnt out on uh you know kind of awful futures um now that's not to say that the stories are all um uh, happy endings or things like that. I mean, there there's still conflict in a utopia. Again, Star Trek, but um, but that was a really good book. So I was uh, I was um, uh, very happy and eager uh, to support their their Kickstarter this year for maybe someday. Now, maybe someday, Stories of Promise, Visions of Hope is similar to All We Ever Wanted, um, except that it it expands the concept even further uh, from um, uh, utopian futures to now we're going to alternate dimensions, you know, um, alternate timelines, different dimensions, as well as utopian futures. And um, I have not had the opportunity to um, uh, to read any of the stories yet, but um, but I, I, I'm really eager to and really excited to um uh, to get into it. But um, anyway, it was it was. Um, it was a book I was excited to support, and I'm glad that I I got my um, exclusive uh, Kickstarter version with this uh, just this incredible uh, Max Dunbar uh, cover there. Um, that was one of the first pieces of art that I, I remember when I had uh, Tyler Chin Tanner from uh, A Wave Blue World on my show. He uh, got me an early sneak peek of the cover, and I was like, oh. 
this tells me everything I need to know about this book just based on the cover. I mean, you got you got uh, uh, an eager explorer person on some kind of hover airship thing and uh, and dolphins swimming by. So that's um, again, I think like for a visual shorthand that really kind of encapsulates uh what this book is all about um i uh um you know after i read it i will um i will will come back and say more about it um i i kind of did a skim through now um i've i've supported a bunch of kickstarter comics before and one of the things that that i tell folks is i i like supporting kickstarter comics so that i can um uh, get my name in the book, <laughs> you know, just, just, uh, uh, literally out of vanity that like, I just like to see, uh, Mike Seibert. So it's in there somewhere. I haven't found it yet, but, um, but I am confident that it's there. The reason why I wanted to do the, uh, packaging reveal, cause I think this is the third book, um, that I've supported on Kickstarter for, uh, a wave blue world. Um, yes, it was, um, all we ever wanted, uh, deadbeats and now uh, maybe someday but they um, they ship the uh, the comics the graphic novels in just like the these really cool mailers that seem to uh, protect the comic very well and um, is kind of a way to um, uh, store it when I'm bringing it into uh, talk about it on a uh, live stream. Okay, so uh, the next thing that I want to talk about for show and tell is, um, well, no, I don't want to show that because that's got my address on it. But I I received a envelope from a good buddy artist Stan. Now you might remember Stan. I interviewed him a couple months here on the podcast, and um, he. Um, he's done a uh, pixel art. He's also done, uh, kind of like a, a digital painting, uh, type aesthetic. And, um, most recently he's done some, uh, uh, chibi, uh, style of, um, of the Transformers characters, uh, specifically originally uh, spurned on by the announcement of the Studio Series 86 uh, line of Transformers characters, obviously uh, talking about the characters from uh, the Transformers, the movie 1986. Um, so he started with that, and then now he's kind of expanded to some of the other characters. But he um, he sent me a... Um, he sent me a letter and within it is he, uh, I'm just making sure I got my camera lined up here. So he, uh, um, he sends me a letter and I, I'll read this in just a sec, but he sends me, uh, two pieces of art. One is a photo print of everybody's favorite cassette man. I mean, look at him. That's, uh, that's dope. Um, and it's hard to tell, but he, um, oh, there it is. He, uh, um, he autographed it. So this is, uh, so this is Stan Cho's, um, original art, uh, printed on a uh, glossy photo paper. It looks great. Um, and also I mentioned this earlier and this was, uh, um, something that, that really caught my eye is I got a little chibi sound wave. 
And let me see if my camera can adjust there. Oh, it's still a little blurry. I don't know anything about cameras. I'm an auto uh, audio guy, but anyway, so there, there's so it's a trading card size of uh, Chibi Soundwave. Oh, there it is. Okay, so it's Chibi Soundwave, and he's he's got a bunch of adorable uh, ravages <laughs> next to him there. Um, so it's you know it's kind of got the the holographics foil, and I just I I I love this dude's art, and I also like that he's not confined to one particular style. I mean, like he does all kinds of different stuff. I mean, again, like, you know, the, these pieces of even like the same character, Oh, it's going to lose it again. Um, you know, are, are vastly different, but it's a, it's all the cassette man. And I, I, I really enjoy it. And he's got the, uh, uh, Decepticon logo on the back as well. Um, so anyway, so he, um, he sends me this letter and he has this, uh, handwritten part in the corner and says mike hope you like the Soundwave card happy holidays exclamation point from stan, uh, from stan um but in this larger letter this is uh he's he's been doing uh giveaways recently of these cards and so basically he um uh, sent this letter with it and it reads congratulations you have received a handmade one-of-a-kind print from artistan uh hello fellow retro robot fan it is my pleasure to give you this gift of one dated and numbered uh two and a half by three and a half art print um oh yeah that oh yeah that is that is dated i just uh i just now noticed that it doesn't come up on the... I, I'm going to stop doing that. Um, anyway, so there are many different kinds of art prints. No two are alike because they are handmade. Some unique features are a foil edge, um, blue, red, green, silver, or gold. In this case, it's red. Um, uh, full art with foil back, uh, blue, red, green, silver, or gold. This doesn't appear to have that. Um, or a full art without foil back. This is a sticker and more to come. When you receive this, I encourage you to share a pic on social media and tag me. Um, I would appreciate it very much. And he lists his uh, social channels. Um, also, he is on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Artistan, all one word, A-R-T-I-S-T-S-T-A-N. I almost, I almost did an icon again. Uh, but anyway, Artistan, all one word. And then he is on YouTube, um, under his name, uh, Stan Cho, S-T-A-N-C-H-O-U. Um, and also there's a, there's a disclaimer reminder that these cards are not endorsed by Hasbro or any, uh, Transformers license holders. And I figure since, since I I'm showing them on a video, I, I should, uh, I should read that as well. These cards have no value and are, uh, not for profit and in no way officially associated with the Transformers brand. So, um, so there you go. So yeah. Um, so artist Stan, um, good guy, check out his stuff and uh, for more insight into his various styles of art, you can go back and check out uh, my interview with artist Stan. Not only did we talk about his art, uh, but we also talked about Transformers the movie for a really long time uh, to the point where it's it, it's funny. It was it was one of my first um, live streams. I think we did it. 
either on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. I don't remember which, but all I know is that like, so he was on video and as the time went on, we, we talked for like three and a half hours or something like that. But um, you can see it uh, it getting progressively darker. And to the point, by the time we finished the interview, it was so dark where he was to where I I couldn't see him. <laughs> I could hear him, you know, and, and we could talk and interact. But it was... Uh, um, yeah, no, it, it just cracked me up because he uh, he was uh, he was gone. All right, so um, now it's time to find out what's in the box. I shouldn't shake it like that. Why am I doing that? Um, I know what's in the box, but um, I, I wanted to start off by um, kind of showing off the box in that it's um, as you can tell, it's got it's got a little bit of dino damage on it. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's just equipped with uh, crumple zones or whatever, but it looks like it took a header out of a truck. Um, hopefully the contents inside um, aren't damaged. But, yeah, let's uh, let's take a look. All right. So yeah, I cut this guy open here uh, live on the on the live stream. Um, I'm hoping that somebody somewhere finds this entertaining. Um, oh yeah, don't look at my address. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I I shouldn't be so shy about like, oh hey, don't look at my address because like, what are you gonna do? Uh, be like, be like Artistan and send me something, because that would be dope. I uh I like it when I get sent stuff. So all right, let's uh let's see what um what I could do to get this uh this here box open without damaging the uh the goods inside. All right, we're gonna put a. Uh, we're gonna put my uh, um, letter opener um, away there. That uh, that has a story. I'm not gonna tell it tonight, but um, remind me to uh, tell the the story of my letter opener. Letter opener. <laughs> just just in case my uh, my boss or somebody from my work is still here. All right. So anyway, so here's the box. It's got some uh, some uh, uh, bubble pockets in it and. I, I was supposed to turn it so that you can see it while I open it up. Oh man, it's a it's a Back to the Future. All right, so this is oh man, that is cool. All right, so this is the um, uh, Transformers Back to the Future uh, crossover collaborative figure uh, Gigawatt, um, and it's uh, it's uh, uh, in celebration of Back to the Future's 35th anniversary. Um, you know, it, it, it's the, um, one of the, uh, one of the collaborative collections to go along with the Top Gun Maverick figure or the Ghostbusters Ectrotron figure. Um, and yeah, just, just looking at it now, I've, uh, man, you know, I, I remember when I was a kid when like, um, you know, just like this, this style of packaging, like it would have, you know, the Autobot cars, you know, like like you know, Sideswipe and and Wheeljack and Blue Streak and and all those dudes. And I tell you what, holding this here now really does kind of bring back um, that uh, that nostalgia. I, I'm not going to open them up right now um, because I I just I, I don't want to mess with it. But I I can't wait to get this guy open and uh, and play with him. From what I understand, he's uh, he's really fun, really intuitive. 
He is uh, speaking of sideswipe. It's my understanding that um, that this figure Gigawatt is a um, heavy retooling of War for Cybertron sideswipe, and you can you can definitely see that in his uh, in his body style there, which is fine. Um, you know, if if you can um, graft some Back to the Future bits um on uh on sideswipe and and make him a a unique figure um that's uh this is really cool this is really cool i'm really glad i bought this because i was um i i was actually kind of on the fence whether i wanted to get this guy or not um but then i realized and maybe this is just uh um, I don't, I don't know, uh, generation X existential dread or whatever you want to call it. But I've, I've lived long enough to where I'm seeing things that I always imagined and dreamt about and hoped for when I was a kid, but never thought that they would actually happen. So, um, you know, back to the future is a huge movie for, uh, for folks my age, well, actually folks of any age, it's, 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 it's an all time classic, but being into transformers at the same time, um, you know, the, the imagination always gets aroused to like, well, wouldn't it be cool if there was a, uh, a time machine DeLorean action figure uh, that that was a transformer? Um, and you know, it it it, it took thirty five years, but um, it's him. He's here. Um, so a, a couple things I want I wanted to talk about with um, with this guy. Um, so let's let's talk about the name. Okay, so it's a uh, uh, gigawatt or gigawatt or um it's interesting because like i find myself on the okay boomer side of the pronunciation debate with regards to is it gif is it jif and i've always been kind of grouchy about it saying like well because like it's my understanding that the um uh person that created uh, the, 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 um, I, I can't call it one or the other. I'm going to call it a gift because that's why I call it. Anyway, the, the, the person that invented the damn thing, um, said, no, it's Jif. And immediately my hackles go up cause it's like, well, just because you say that that's what it is doesn't mean that that's what that is. Um, I, I didn't go to see a a movie called Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, for for example, you know, kind of kind of dying on that hill. But then you got this guy, and um, I don't call him Gigawatt, I call him Gigawatt. So that that is an example of where the the G becomes a J sound. And um, I, I realized that very recently when, you know, with regards to talking about this figure, and I was just like, God damn it. I, um, you know, I, I often wear my hypocrisy on my sleeve, and I think this is this is one of those um, occasions. But anyway, this uh, this dude is really cool. I'm uh again I'm really glad I threw down for him. I can't wait to um get the package open and start playing with him. But you know, 
I am definitely keeping this box because this this is super cool. Um, incidentally, uh, be, uh, to answer a question you didn't ask is uh, I didn't get Ectotron and I didn't get Maverick. Um, I'm just I'm just not that huge into either of those franchises, and I don't want to be provocative and and throw shade, but I think that uh that maverick figure looks pretty dumb um just just it, it's not for me if it's your thing uh you know live and let live um same thing with ectrotron like i i love that it's a thing that exists i love uh that it's a thing that they did and that it looks as cool as it does it's it's a really solid ecto 1 vehicle mode and the robot mode is totally okay um just like this guy is totally okay. Is it the most ideal robot mode that that um, we would have liked? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it's fine. I, you know, I, I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. But I'm, I'm just, I, I'm not a huge Ghostbusters guy, and um, that that kind of raises some eyebrows in my peer group. Sometimes it's like, well wait and it's i think i i don't know if i just saw it too late like i was um um i i was old enough to be into ghostbusters 2 in fact i think i probably prefer ghostbusters 2 now ghostbusters 1 is the better movie so you know, hold your tweets don't uh um well actually you can come at me at me in the comments uh, uh chat's kind of kind of slow tonight so um but yeah if you if you want to if you want to come at me bro about the uh about ghostbusters that's uh that's that's totally fine um uh what 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 else was i talking about there um anyway you get uh you get the idea. Um, I, I got distracted because I'm looking at Twitter, looking to see if like maybe I'm missing um, uh, missing chats, uh, but I'm not. But I do see some uh, see a little bit of uh, discourse going on. Um, let me see. Da, 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 da. Um, I lost my notes for a sec. Um, okay. So yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's show and tell before I get into what I'm watching and, and get ready to, uh, wrap up the show. I do want to, uh, go over some, uh, uh, discourse that's going on, um, over Twitter. Now this, uh, I, I wasn't going to talk about this tonight, but I just happened to go back to my Twitter to, uh, check, uh, notifications. And, uh, one of the, the stories that broke earlier today was trending on Twitter all day is that, um, Zack Snyder, um, has revealed that his Justice League is likely to get an R rating due to violence and profanity. Quote, unquote, there is one scene where Batman drops an F-bomb. And that's, um, uh, so that's kind of being widely reported. And uh, my dude Greg, who I was just talking about earlier, uh, Unfunny Nerd Tangent, um, he uh, he quotes quote tweets the story and says why does he even want to do justice league he can't enjoy the characters since his versions are essentially in name only i tweeted back to him uh shortly before uh we went live and i uh one one of Zack snyder's uh tweets i'm sorry one of Zack snyder's quotes is that his movies are for grown-ups um despite the fact that um the, this movie 
for grown-ups is a movie in which grown adult people uh, run around in costumes. Um, no matter how you slice it, it doesn't matter how much swearing and violence, that's, that's inherently juvenile. And I think um, self-awareness isn't necessarily uh, Zack Snyder's strongest suit. So anyway, so Greg uh, responds to that. Uh, you can do adult superhero stories. Watchmen is the perfect example of which Snyder made a good movie. I agree with that. Um, uh, but adding uh, the word fuck doesn't make something better or edgy. Um, I I agree with Greg there. I think that's just edgy for the sake of being edgy. Um, from the Autopod Decepticast, Ryan chimes in and says, I don't think Snyder understands or even likes comic books, despite what he says. Now, my dude Jeremy from the Transmissions podcast, who I know is a huge DC Comics fan. I don't happen to remember off the top of my head how he feels about the 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 DC Extended Universe movies as a whole, but I, I do know he's uh, he's huge into the comics. Uh, so Jeremy writes, uh, Watchmen is a deconstruction of the superhero genre. It has its place, and Snyder did a good movie of it. Again, I agree. Um, he has no place making movies with the bright, optimistic heroes of DC. I don't believe he understands these characters and what makes them work. Um I I agree with all that. I I have uh I am going to like those tweets because I uh I agree. Uh let me check Facebook real quick and see if there's cuz like um sorry, I'm stalling because I um <laughs> uh one of the things with um with the oh, with uh with my restream application is that um it's supposed to collate the chats. And I think I just don't have any chats. <laughs> so I, I was just uh, I was just happening to um, uh, to check really quick. Um, come join. OK, so I am going to put that away because I don't think there are any chats that I've missed. And we will go ahead and move on uh, to our final segment. What I'm watching. Um, let's see. So this is a conversation I teased last week and didn't, um, didn't get the opportunity to get to it, uh, because, uh, we were talking so much about icon online and, uh, wanting to get those updates out there. And I'm actually glad I waited a week because the, the, the conversation I want to have here now is about spoilers, and um, uh, specifically spoilers for The Mandalorian, which is uh, which is uh, just just killing it over on the plus on on Disney plus, uh, which uh, which we'll talk about in in just a little bit. But, um, you know, I uh, <laughs> I I just um, I don't know how the best way to navigate spoiler culture is because I mean like, you know, several folks that are more insightful than me have, have spoken on the topic. Um, what I have discovered though, specifically with Mandalorian and specifically this season is that, um, I think 
a large portion of the audience stays up late to watch the episode as soon as it drops at midnight. Now, what I don't know, um, I'm sure I could look into it, but um, I don't know if those episodes drop at midnight local time or if it's midnight Eastern time. So like, so like, for example, I'm, uh, I'm on the West coast, I'm on Pacific time. So does that mean I can watch it at 9 PM, uh, which would be midnight Eastern or do I have to wait until midnight Pacific? I, I don't have that answer because regardless I'm in bed because I work for a living and I get up very early on a Friday morning for my job. But speaking of, um, I, uh, by six o'clock in the morning. So, so I, I get to work right around five 30 and I log onto my computer and because of some of the things I do for work, I, I need to have a foot in social media. Arguably, I don't need to be as into social media as I am, but every Friday morning, I get all of the full spoilers for Mandalorian, and that has happened with every episode of this season, including the episode from two weeks ago, and lost my train of thought again. Um... So the episode from two weeks ago, um, I I don't know how else to say it. I'm just I'm just gonna blurt it out. He's back. Um, Boba Fett is back, and um, I don't know if I knew that Boba Fett was going to return in that episode. Um, you know, we had seen a. A cloaked figure at the end of the first episode of the new season, and you know it's it was pretty odds-on favorite that that was that was going to be Boba Fett, but then in that episode he shows up. I'm not going to describe the plot because uh um because I I'm sure you've been spoiled already, and and that was one of the components I wanted to talk about is um when is it okay to spoil and when isn't it? Because I've discovered that Disney will put out their promotional images typically on Monday, so the following Monday there was a poster from Disney from Disney plus of Boba Fett as he appeared in the episode. So I guess for me, once the actual uh, company puts out promotional imagery, that seems to be when the spoiler embargo ends. But the story I wanted to tell last week is that Friday morning I come in and the first thing I see, I I'm not even exaggerating. It's like the first thing I saw when I opened up my Twitter was a full video of the sequence where Boba Fett returns. And of course I watched it. Um, and I, absolutely loved it. I mean, just, just lost my mind actually kind of like lost my concentration on my work for a minute because of just like, Oh my gosh, did that really happen? Is this really happening? And you know, it it was fine. It's, um, I found once I actually watched the episode, 
um, it was still incredibly rewarding. I still uh, really enjoyed it. Having that spoiler there didn't really um, ruin my enjoyment. Now, would it have been cool to have that moment uh, not spoiled and to just see it? Yeah, probably. Um, but I, I tell you, as a lifelong fan of the Fett, um, I again, I, I've I've been a fan of Boba Fett as long as I can remember. He has always been one of my favorite characters. But like, even, um, even as the the sequence is happening on the TV, as we're watching that episode of Mandalorian, I I <laughs> I squeezed my wife's hand. I was just like, it's happening and so i'm not going to describe it here because either you've seen it or you haven't um but um a couple things i want to say on it though is that um oh let me see Uh, a couple things i kind of in a way to uh take back the 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 spoilerness of it i am phrasing this all wrong um the original video that i found that um that spoiled me i found it downloaded that video and then uh this last weekend i um i i don't uh video editing is not my first best strength but i dabble um so i i took the video from the tweet and then i added the um alice cooper song called uh he's back the man behind the mask from friday the 13th part six jason lives Uh, because there's um, a lot of um, vibe between Boba Fett and Jason Voorhees, like especially now that uh, Tamora Morrison has come back, he's older, he's um, he carries a lot of bulk uh, with uh, with the Boba Fett character, and because of the way he moves. It, I, I was getting some real serious Jason vibes in a, in a good way, um, you know, where he's just kind of like slowly stalking his prey, and I I I loved it. Uh, but anyway, I I just thought that that was um, that was a really cool uh, song pairing to pair Boba Fett, the return of Boba Fett with uh, he's back, the man behind the mask, and uh, so yeah, I put that video up, and um, it it's gotten like two thousand views on twitter um i think it's since been pulled from facebook i put it up there first they they um tagged me for having the alice cooper song and then later um uh disney tagged it also and said um yeah this uh, this video belongs to disney so i am sure that fan-made video that that i made that is totally not for profit and just for funsies um is long gone from facebook but um anyway i um yeah i did this goofy little a little fan video and um it was a lot of fun but what it means to me and it's interesting i'm sure you've seen a lot of tweets about this is that um i don't know uh i i think being a fan of boba fett is one of those weird 
postmodern type of things. Now, what I mean by that is like, you know, when I was a kid, I was a fan just because he was cool looking. And then as time went on, I was a fan of him because there was so much mystery uh, surrounding him and so much uh, mystique. And then later I was a fan because so much material was made about him, you know, comic books, novels, toys, action figures, things like that, uh, to the point where I would say that there was probably a time in the late 90s where Boba Fett was more popular than Darth Vader. Um, and then there was another time where it was uh, Boba Fett was kind of passe. You know, uh, it, it wasn't cool to like Boba Fett because he's, you know, so overrated and, you know, so popular for no reason. It's like, you know, he has like three lines and they get hit by um, Han Solo with a stick and falls into uh, a, a hole in the sand. You know, it's like I, I've heard all that and I've never said that any of that stuff is untrue. I just like the character. Well, what do you like about him? Well, I like that he's cool looking. Well, that's not a character. I mean, I've had these arguments and, you know, so I, I've never, I, well, not never, but over the last several years, I've, you know, I, I, I kind of just kind of keep it to myself. You know, I, I'm not like, you know, I, I, obviously you see more of me in Transformers fandom than Star Wars and certainly not Boba Fett. But if you go to my house, you will see that I have way more Boba Fett stuff than anything. Um, I have more just Boba Fett stuff than any of my Transformers stuff. Um, because, again, he's cool looking and um, I've just... I've just always been enamored with the character. So what his return means to me is a certain degree of validation, a certain degree of vindication at the at a time where I never thought we were going to get a back to the future transformer. I had kind of lost hope. Now, hope isn't the right way to put it, but um. We've never seen Boba Fett be as awesome on screen that we've all imagined him being until The Mandalorian. And it's it's 90 seconds of um, 40 years of pent up fan service to the point where um, I don't know, I, I guess my hottest take on The Mandalorian is that it's fan service done right. Um I think it made a lot of fans very happy. And and I've seen folks tweet about this as well. You know, all of like the insufferable Boba Fett fans are just going to become that much more insufferable. And yes, you're right. Um, because now we have evidence to see to show um how how badass and how cool. Uh, the character of Boba Fett actually is. And it's it's more than I ever would have hoped to ask for. And that seems kind of silly um, for talking about like a 90 second action sequence in a half hour show. But I'm at a certain age 
And I've talked about this a lot on the podcast before, but I, I'm to the age where like that stuff touches me on a deeper level than I don't know if it would have if I was half the age I am now. Um, like, you know, if I if I had seen this when I was in my 20s, I don't I don't think I would have cared. Um, well, not that I wouldn't have cared, but but to where it's like uh, to the point where it's like I I'm watching this and I'm just like, buddy, you know, it's like it, it's like it like touches me in my soul uh for uh you know i mean not not to be too hyperbolic about it but um but yeah no it 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 really truly meant something to me and um and again it just it, it's it's just an example of giving fans what they want and giving them something that they didn't expect i uh um after doing a full season of mandalorian and seeing that Boba Fett isn't there, it's like okay, I'm content to throw in with this with this new character. I'm cool with that. Mandalorian has really grown on me. He's a, he's a cool character, and it's a great show. And then and then you give me the man. You you give me you give me the real guy. Um, so. I, I did something that I haven't done in a really long time. Like I, I used to do this with uh with my Twitter account uh years ago in that like I would I would change my avatar to something that's not my face. And so on my Facebook I um I I changed my uh my profile pic to um to Boba Fett from uh from that episode of Mandalorian and I just put it's him, he's here. And, um, and yeah, that just to, just to express how excited I am about it. But, um, I, I'm rambling too much about this at at this point, but I, I did, I did want to, I wanted to close out on, on one thing because like to that Facebook post, my aunt, um, well, I forget how did, okay. So like, so my uncle isn't on Facebook, but my aunt is, and they both know how much I'm into Boba Fett. Like, uh, you know, I mentioned that I have a lot of Boba Fett stuff. A lot of it is from them. Uh, but anyway, so my, my uncle via my aunt, uh, asked me, um, how is Disney going to explain Boba Fett survival or escaping the Sarlacc pit? And I think that's a great question, but, um, my hottest take my most uh, controversial answer is I don't think they are. And I don't think they have to. Um, you can do that story in any number of ancillary media. Um, a novel, a comic book, a video game. Um, I don't think the narrative of the Mandalorian TV show needs to be weighted down with how did Boba Fett get out of that sand pit? I just, um, I, you know, uh, in the nineties, there was a, uh, one of the first star Wars comic series from dark horse comics called dark empire. Uh, Boba Fett shows up and it, it's, it's a huge reveal. It's like, Whoa, Boba Fett. And Han Solo asked him, he's like, um, how, well, how, how, how did you escape? And he has this badass line and he says, well, the Sarlacc found me somewhat indigestible. And that was it. That was the only explanation um, in that series. And the reason why I say 
you can do this stuff in comic books and novels and video games is because that's where they've done it already. I've I've read I want to say a half dozen different versions about how Boba Fett gets out of the Sarlacc pit and again as as I was talking about with regards to my age, I I think I'm also at an age where I don't care. Um I'll just I I can uh, for the sake of nostalgia and plot I can just accept it's him. He's here. Um, And there's obviously enough um, toll taken on him. Like he he spends a good chunk of that episode running around uh, unmasked. So you get to see Tamura Morrison in scar makeup. Um, You know, so so obviously something has happened to him. And then obviously the the degradation of his armor, um, you know, like where where the paint is basically gone. And maybe at some other point when I have a little more time, because I, I, I really need to think about wrapping this up. But um, one of these times I, I would like to talk about how some of my uh, childhood teenage dreams and visions of like the Boba Fett character of kind of kind of sort of came true um that helped uh, real quick uh so like i i remember um when i was hanging out with some of my friends and i said explicitly um you know because we were talking about like you know would 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 we want to see a boba fett movie and i was like you know that would be cool but what you do is you do it as a western and I remember saying that back in like 1997 when I was 17 years old. And um, I think I even said it's like, you know, it would be even cooler than doing Boba Fett as a Western is to do it as a, a Western TV show. I'm not saying that John Favreau stole my idea. But um, I've also, you know, just in my goofy um, fan art uh, musings, you know, I had imagined a version of uh, Boba Fett's armor that was all chrome. Um, now you see Mandalorian, and he's he's shiny and chrome. Um, I also um, I I at one time, and again, I'm swear I'm not trying to take credit for any of this. I'm just I'm just uh, sharing my dumb shower thoughts with you. But I um. Um, I also, I, I, I remember the, this was specifically spurned on, uh, Lucky and I had watched a show. It wasn't Dog the Bounty Hunter, but it was some other, uh, modern day bounty hunter person who was basically just like a bail bondsman that, that, uh, but he was a, <coughs> he was a, um, heavier set person, uh, Tom Evangelista, I think was his name. Maybe he's like this Hollywood bounty hunter. And so he had a, um, you know, kind of a look that was very similar to Django Fett. Uh, Tamara Morrison being uh, a New Zealander had a, had a very similar uh, look to him. Um, you know, kind of like exotic, uh, ethnic type of um uh, appearance but anyway he he kind of looked like because he was like heavier set and older uh but still like um uh just just cut you know it was uh he was bigger but it was muscle uh just a big dude and anyway i kind of envisioned that that's what old boba fett would look like and that his armor would be so 
degraded to the point where the the paint was barely recognizable. Sure enough, uh, yeah, and this was like in the mid two thousands. But yeah, sure enough, then Boba Fett shows up, um, and like all of the paint is worn off of his armor, and I was just like, how is it that 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 um that the the Disney company can like steal these these ideas straight from my brain. It is so crazy. Um now one that hasn't quite happened is I also kind of did a a design uh in my in my high school sketchbook of kind of like a Boba Fett uh TIE fighter pilot type of thing where it's more of a uh flight suit with light armor. Um that look hasn't quite happened yet, but um but in the most current episode of Mandalorian, he has uh, spoilers, and it's not really a spoiler because Disney has put out the uh, the 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 still photos and uh, poster images. Is that uh, Boba Fett gets a new paint job on his armor and his bodysuit um, instead of the traditional khaki or gray is black. And I think uh, with with the fresh paint, it it really pops more or less. They have found a way to and I I swear, I don't know if it's if it's the the Hasbro connection or whatever. But like, you know, I talk about uh, Transformers a lot in that the main goal of Transformers is to sell toys. Same thing with Star Wars. Like uh, back in 1977, George Lucas knew that this was going to be a merchandising juggernaut, and you know it's we've we've been awash in uh, Star Wars toys ever since. My point being is that um, they've always tried to find a way to make more Boba Fett figures, but there's only there's only a couple different variations. Like there's the version that he looks like in empire strikes back. There's a version of him in return of the Jedi. There are some subtle differences enough to where in certain circles, if you say the same, you'll, you'll, you'll get into a, get into a, uh, um, a letter opener fight with, uh, with somebody. Um, but now within the span of two weeks, we've gotten two more, uh, versions of Boba Fett for them to make action figures of, and I am going to, I'm going to buy those now. I, uh, I, I'm not really a cosplayer. Um, in in a lot of ways, ones that's that's not my craft skill, but also quite frankly, uh, my body type. You know, I I'm I'm a fat old guy. Um, my my characters are kind of uh, limited, but. The, one of the, I w- I would be lying to you if I didn't say that after seeing Tamara Morrison return as Boba Fett that that's um, cosplay goals for folks that look like me. So I think I will I think I will leave that there. Um, uh, the the news that I didn't get to is the the whole. Um, uh, the the slew of Disney reveals. Um, I'm already a little bit over time, so I don't have time to get into it. And but I I guess the 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 main thing that I wanted to say about the Disney reveals for Investor Day is that I don't understand why Disney announced so much content, so much content to where. 
I feel bad for any flavor of entertainment journalists, whether it is uh, podcasters or, um, uh, you know, um, you know, whatever, uh, you know, folks that 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 are in the um, in the pop culture space, because there's um, a dozen Marvel projects, a dozen Star Wars projects, a dozen Pixar projects. It's like, I mean, I, I would imagine I, I didn't count it. I have the I have the article for from uh, Vulture here, but I'm not going to go through it now. Uh, don't have the time. But I mean, there's conservatively at least 50 new Disney projects that that were announced in one swoop on this uh, investor day, which was like a a event for um, uh, I, I guess investors. That sounds dumb. Um, I don't know who this presentation was for. I know the event was focused on the company's direct to consumer streaming services. So it's more or less saying like, Hey, this is, uh, this is why Disney plus is rad. This is why Hulu is rad, you know, that kind of thing, you know, just, uh, pelting investors with content, but like a lot of the, um, the Marvel MCU stuff had trailers. Um, a lot of the star Wars stuff had trailers. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll just have to unpack that in a, in a, a different episode. Um, uh, one last thing in the chat, um, uh, Char chimed in, uh, Boba Fett was my favorite star Wars character, uh, since I was a kid and I am a hundred percent with you there. Uh, Boba Fett lives. Um, and that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. And if you want to listen to my podcast, Mike Seibert Radio, and all of my past shows, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can check out the full show archive out on SoundCloud five years and over 300 episodes worth of podcasts out there and come on back for the after hours live stream monday nights at 8 p.m pacific time on twitter youtube twitch and facebook live like share rate and review the show let us know what you'd like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future mike cybert radio is powered by poddex for mike cybert radio my name is mike and until next time wear a mask wash your hands and make good choices Good night. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.